Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. And I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show today, Laura Bedford, who is a vibrational awareness practitioner and an inner peace teacher for youth and all ages, supporting people to trust their beauty, gifts, and value, and to easily dissolve upset. Should be a great show. Laura, welcome. To Peter, and thanks for having me and for the audience listening in. Thank you. So I'm always interested uh, for our listeners to hear how uh, the guests on the show have had their awakening experience uh, through their lives. But my sense is you came into the world awake in the first place. Just tell us a bit about your early life. Oh, it was, I have to say, really magnificent. I uh, was was born into a small town on the shores of Lake Michigan. Well, actually, I was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, but my family moved to uh, Grand Haven, Michigan when I was two years old. My father and uncle purchased a marina, and so I had the benefit of being surrounded by water as a child, and it was a lovely upbringing. My adventures were mostly inner adventures and outer adventures, but in terms of... uh, of suffering and some of the experiences in the world, I had a very easy ride of it externally. Uh, it was the internal world that was more of an adventure for me. So tell us what that was like as a young child who already had an awareness or an openness to that inner journey and not necessarily yet having the uh, mental understanding of what that was. Just explain what that was like. Hmm. Great questions. Uh, I would say I I had a sense I just had a sense of of me and I was always in my heart a very kind and gentle being and wanted to have fun uh I think and I my dad was very much like that he was very much a businessman, but also really he he instilled a love for me with nature and the national parks were are a huge passion for him and 
So I had that and working at a marina growing up, amazing, you know, with dock boys and all the things that are fun for girls and and, um, being outside. and, And my mom was a science teacher, so very grounded to the world through the intellect and through inquiry in the scientific way very community oriented um, so I feel like I just got to come in and experience life without a lot of um, baggage so to speak <laughs> and knew that when I was upset that the upsets were coming from within me I remember as a very young child and stop me if I'm talking too too long <laughs> oh no carry on okay of, you know, wondering, why don't I suffer? Or hearing about, like, the Vietnam War and going, I haven't really lived through something like that. I don't know what this is. And just having those sorts of, of existential questions with, like you say, not really having an, sort of the mental peace yet. That was a very strong felt sense that I've always trusted within myself. What a beautiful gift that was. Yeah, I thank God for it every day. And, and so now you, you've sort of knew. caught up with all, <laughs> yeah. all of that. You've now got a, a profound understanding of the upsets and the, the beautiful inner journey. And, and so you've recently put out a book with an interesting title called The Mix-Up. Perhaps you could uh, tell our listeners why you chose that name for a title. Okay. Well, I didn't choose it, actually. I mean, ultimately, I suppose it was my choice to put it on the cover. I even tried to name it differently, but I had a dream. I've always received lots of information, insight, and undoing, I would say, through the dream state and through some visions. And I received that with a cover. Actually, the cover design I received in in the dream was different, partly different. The rainbow was part of it in the dream, but the title of the book was very much what I knew uh, the first book, at least, that I would write would be called. And explain to us why, why the mix-up. Why, what, 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 what is behind that title? Oh, okay. That is this idea of the veiled mind, the idea that we can't remember fully where we come from and to be aware of that in all of our moments and that only love is real, only this oneness, this unity that we feel so strongly inside so that we always actually do feel our light and feel the truth. But this thing called the ego or this separation or veiled state of mind is an experience we're choosing to have. So the mix-up is in our mind regarding who we really are, where we really are, and what's really important and going on here. It's perfect. No, it's absolutely perfect because this, to me, is the nugget. I mean, this, this show is called Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. And what you're talking about, from my understanding, from reading the book and talking with you, is that this awakening is actually the realization that this veiled mind keeps us in this state of upset and keeps us in the mix-up. And as we work our way through this process, we can realize that this veiled mind of separateness is what's really blocking us from the truth of who we really are. Absolutely, yes. So you just used a really interesting expression that I need to bring you back to, which was 
undoing through the dream state. Just explain that to us. Okay. That ultimately and truly we are having a dream that feels exquisitely, profoundly, and horrifically real. And as we begin to trust who we really are, this beautiful, exquisite light that is temporarily having a human journey, we begin to relax our psyche, our mind around the stories that we believe define us, uh, define our value, define who we are, define who we think we need to be. And as we realize we're always enough, we let go of these these core beliefs and that we've actually, excuse me, really scared ourselves to death. Jesus talks about this in A Course in Miracles, which is one of my touchstone earthly documents. And as we realize that all of this upset is coming from within, but and then we're attaching our mind to stories or making up new ones. Truly, there's nothing new under the sun, but it can feel like a new story that we become less attached, less needing to make assumptions or having expectations about the present, let alone the future. We spend so much time, quote-unquote, either thinking about the past or worrying about the future. I just love the way you use expressions, and I can just latch onto them. <laughs> so you just said something which is very profound, which is scared ourselves to death. And, and as you know, I work with a number of people with terminal illness. And very sadly, our medical system in North America and in Europe actually imprints that scaredness into people who are in those challenging situations and takes them on that journey to death. And uh, it's, it's really lovely and wonderful and interesting when we can actually reverse that process by actually stepping through the veils and allowing people to recognize their truth and their heart from within. So, so much of our collective world creates this fear in us and adds to it, doesn't it? It, it does. And as you, as you know, and I'm sure your listeners know, that ultimately there's only, there's only one <laughs> And there's only one mind, so part of our journey is what Jesus and other our beings and we're all sharing about is this idea of forgiveness or forgiving the dream, which is realizing that we're the only one who's set ourselves up. <laughs> and as we integrate this idea to that forgiveness is actually seeing that no error ever occurred, that in terms of light, it's simply light that doesn't recognize itself. And so it's, it seems horrific to forgive some stories in our world, and like it takes time to do so. And we realize this forgiving is an energetic. It's a letting the vibrations, I can, <laughs> shaking right now because I can feel it so strongly, move through and people say either into the earth or spiral up into the light, and it's this blocking our fear of, of feeling the inner sense, the energy in motion, the emotion in, in gentle ways and in supported ways that is blocking our awareness of who we really are and where we really are. 
So I should just again remind the listeners that Laura is a vibrational awareness practitioner. So as we are talking about these stories and these issues, she's feeling that within her body. So she, as we talk about the lack of forgiveness, then she'll have some sort of response in her body. Or if we talk about the love and the light, she'll have a response too. So Laura, just, uh, just tell our listeners about what that's, a bit, what that's like for you to feel those things. Mm, wow. You know, it's, as you were talking, what it, was, it was, the feelings were similar, um, feeling the, the fear and the intensity of the dream and also feeling the love. But when you mentioned the love, I got this amazing sort of running of the energy or not really a chill. I think we all, we all know this feeling. It's, it's a very refined goosebump in a way, I guess, of even stronger knowing. And so that this, this veiled state is, uh, there's this cosmic separation in our own mind, and I've, I was given a powerful vision, actually, sitting with a bunch of engineers. I receive my information in very technical ways, and for people who are interested in that, I can always share in that way. And that the split in the mind, which we could even think in terms of creating the universe, is, is within the mind. It's not something that we're separate from but we can transcend it in any moment because it's again it's simply a a dream or a state of being that we've chosen to have an an energy either densified like in our bodies is very dense slow moving frequency to just air these invisible things that we know are very real uh, is all part of the mechanism that is creating the dream that we're having individual in, di- in divided duality. <laughs> so in terms of you feeling these energies or knowing that the sensations, do they occur in different parts of your body at different times, according to what it is? Yeah, yeah, definitely. When I see my own uh, fears, my own awareness, my own, I can feel it. Like my throat chakra often will uh, feel safety around communicating. Uh, Also, I feel a lot of truth statements through my back, up the back of my spine and and in my shoulders. But it can be different. If I'm working with someone, I may be, uh, oh, shoot, words sometimes fail me when I'm in. But the sensory, you know, the sympathetic, like two infants crying, (laughs) you know, where you feel what the other person might be feeling in their part of a body, maybe like what a medical intuitive would feel as a mirror image. Well, I'm also really aware, Laura, and, and, and we, we can talk about this when we return, we're coming up to our first break, but people who have this intuitive ability that you have, it's often quite challenging to put into words what you have experienced or what you know to be true and real, because it doesn't come in in a way that we would normally be able to express, and so that's also a challenge, isn't it? Very much so. It sometimes I say it's just very hard for me to give voice. So I know spirits worked with me very diligently to feel comfortable and very comfortable with the way I phrase things and just let that be okay. I don't I don't need to be like another teacher or uh do anything other than what feels natural for me 
expressing and to just trust that that's perfect. And, and the energy comes through the words anyway. The vibrational transmission takes place. This is Peter Tang for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We'll return with Laura Bedford after this break. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just remind you to go to my website, www.petertung.com. I have a couple of really interesting articles about to come out in my April newsletter, one about the hub of the Zodiac that we visited or I visited uh, in Glastonbury a few weeks ago and the ceremony we did at our own uh, hub here in Victoria and also myheartcenteredjourney.com and I have a Ambassadors of Light class tomorrow evening, Thursday at 5.30 and I'll be talking about all sorts of things including the hub journeys, the new moon in Aries as we open up to this new year after the equinox uh, this new astrological new year with all sorts of powerful energies already engaged to help us on our way. I have with me today Laura Bedford, who is demonstrating during the show that she is indeed a vibrational intuitive and can tune in energetically to whatever it is we're talking about, which leads towards an interesting show. So, Laura, I just want to go back to the mix-up and the upset that you mentioned right at the start of the show, because... For the work that I do, certainly I'm really aware that what we are doing right now is to clear out all of the mix-up and the upset and, and shift ourselves onto this true path of light and love. But when those veiled um, mind tricks are operating, it can be pretty challenging to get our way through to the heart center. So tell us a bit about your experience in terms of how we go from this place of confusion, of chaos, of uncertainty, of fear, sometimes even rage, and how we can make the, the shift, the, the movement, the awakening awareness towards love and peace and joy in our hearts. Uh, that is the core. <laughs> the, the most important awareness that I do my, my best to remind myself of is that I'm never upset for the reason I think. And again, I'll mention The Course in Miracles, which uh, 
is beautiful because this is one of the key teachings of Jesus that we're we're really scared. We're really, and beneath the fear that we feel in the mind that we've now covered over is this guilt and this self-hate and uh, for forgetting who we are in this confusion. And so as we remind ourselves that we're never upset for the reason that we think, it's, it's a mantra that can really bring us to our core and cause that inner pause and a resting. And then to... I often, and the more that we go through this, am finding that I need to remind myself to be comfortable in the confusion that we're always safely held, we're always in the light, we always are that light. And I find especially because I, I choose to live very much in the world and seeing my own fears around the choices that I'm, I'm making that are in integrity with my life, but also bring up this inner <laughs> self-doubt or uncertainty. And to, the more that I energetically release my fear around trusting that I will receive insights or just know what maybe next action to take or, or to see my own, the ego wants to make up a to-do list before it'll be safe. I have to get all of these things done and that that's actually not accurate we will take action in the world. It's very beautiful and important to join and will come from a more clear light space when we take that time with the inner journey and the vibrational journey. So you use, you use, use the expression um, inner pause and arresting. Just, just explain that in a little bit more detail because that's a key point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I would recommend whenever we feel an inner, anything that feels less than peaceful, less than joyful, or less than just absolute utter exuberance. You know, we all live from our light so much, which is part of my work, is, is demonstrating that and how amazing we are. So when we say, wow, I'm not, I'm not feeling my light, is one way I'll say it, or I feel the veil in my own mind, to not be afraid of that. And that's when I'll really go into this vibrational state that um, Peter was talking about and trust that everything is fine, that everybody's perfect, that everybody's doing their best, including me, depending on how safe I feel. And, and that's why like, things like walking in nature, everybody finding their own ways to come into a more peaceful place, meditation, obviously, because we ultimately do want to have these transcendent uh, opportunities, but that doesn't mean we have to have these these experiences. You know, everybody's journey is different, so to not be comparing ourselves when we take this inner pause and really allow ourselves to be enough right in this moment and trust our own journey, and therefore it releases others to have their own journey and we don't have to fix Fix anything. Just be love. Now we'll we'll talk about the the children in in a moment because I know that's important to you and to me. But one of the things that I've worked with over the years as a school principal was were a, a lot of teenagers, and one of the elements of their experiences seemed to be these dark thoughts coming into their mind, which really uh, impressed or imprinted upon them in that moment this real dark energy. 
Um, tell us a bit about your knowing in area and what, what those teenagers, what young people can, or even adults too, can do when those thoughts come in. Yeah, beautiful. Don't believe everything you think. <laughs> Indeed, believe only the love thoughts, only the, the, the thoughts that feel truly in, in integrity with who we really know we are, and we all have that within us. So it's very, very simple to not believe everything we're thinking and go inside for better information. And if we're not comfortable with that, because we're actually far more afraid of the light in our veiled state and in our body identification than we are with our fear. And that's why the mind will, you know, thinks it's in danger or needs to project out and react defensively. So it's. I mean, I so when you say that, go okay. inside for better information, just explain to our listeners how you personally do that. Okay. First, it's getting really self-honest. I don't feel safe. I don't feel energetically safe. I, I read energy, but I read it as a felt sense. I mean, it's, I can sometimes see it. We're all seeing it, actually, because everything we're looking at is energy. Um, but there are more refined energies and auric, and auric energies and that sort of thing. Uh, so to really have this high degree of self-honesty helps and to know that that takes practice. And as we reflect on the stories and the things that we think we're believing about this moment or this story or this person or ourselves, and to sort of let go of that or look deeper at it till we get to these cores around not feeling safe uh, or fear. Any words we'll use to describe how we're feeling, what I might use may be very different from, from another person. So to just trust that our own process of undoing the fear in our mind is very individualized and to not make these comparisons that make so that's the first thing yeah Yeah. and then to go into silence if you can Uh, mantras are wonderful it can be very helpful for a sort of a, a person new on this sort of journey to give the mind something to do give the ego something to do and that's why a mantra and you can make up your own mantras you know there's Sanskrit language of course and um, you know and teachers who can who can guide an individual, and ultimately it could just be I am I am light, or or reveal the, the what is the truth. Jesus says it's not even so important to to wonder who am I or I want to know myself, but to simply go deeply within and ask to know, because the truth is always here, and we must be at peace to transcend the veils in our own mind and so all of these practices and tools that we use are ultimately simply trying to help us relax are serving to help us relax into what's already here and as i mentioned earlier you you do a lot of your work with children so tell us a little bit about the children and your experiences with them Yeah, well, mostly I work with little ones, and I have, being in Chicago, I have a a slew of nieces and nephews, and um, just being able to also, mostly to me, 
I always say no matter what with anyone, it's always an observation, observational practice of my own, what's going on for me, and then entering the world of the child. And I work with a little one. Uh, boys and girls are fun to talk about. We both have, of course, the feminine and the masculine aspects, these labels we identify with. And one little boy, he loves ninja and, you know, those action-oriented and plays really hard. And so the more that I know that that's going to be my my journey with him, the more energized I am because I don't go into any situation with an agenda. And then, you know, I'll, I'll study about ninja, which I've done, and we'll go out in the woods and practice, um, you know, moving as quietly as possible or some of the ways that they make themselves relatively invisible and letting them have their own experience. Um, I find with little girls, because the feminine is so, in a sense, very integrated, a lot of things the feminine gets upset about are actually very heart-based. You know? <laughs> They're not necessarily this ego. It's more the light that really wants to express that in our linear experience has been somewhat repressed. So uh, little girls can sometimes feel like a more intense experience for me uh, and helping them shift into their light. It's always about me holding safe space and getting out of my own way so that I can find when they feel safe, when they're scared, uh, how they're self-soothing, um, watching my own guilt, um, and it's individual with everyone. So when you are with a child who, let's say, is having some sort of uh, temper tantrum or acting out in some way, um, how do you bring all of this knowledge and information into a practical way of dealing with them? Okay, that's a great, good. I love, I need the questions because they really help me get specific. With a little one I was working with who had just this bright, bright light, but had these meltdowns, temper tantrums that is sort of inconsolable. And the more space he was given, it was like you could see, and he would even express the self-hate when at first it began as a real projection outwardly. And a, a moment for me that just, uh, I'm constantly confirmed of the value of this kind of work, but I said, you are perfect. You, nothing you can do or nothing you're saying changes your value, who you are. You're so beautiful. And, you know, I can't remember, but it, but it was the, those were the beginning of the words of that. And then really he was one who needs, needs space sometimes, and I, into the generalization, little girls will want more comfort, but not always. Uh, a little a more masculine tendency might want and need more space to go to that inner space and really come back into balance with the light. So just affirming that no matter what we're doing here in the dream, that we're all doing our very best depending on how safe we feel and it doesn't change our value. Our financial situation doesn't change our value. An emotional upset doesn't change our value. Great. Thanks, Laura. We're coming up to our second break, so we'll take that now. 
This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Having a great time today with Laura Bedford, as I can feel when I ask the questions that Laura goes into her intuitive self and just allows the information to flow, which obviously, Laura, you're very experienced at, and it's just a beautiful dance that we're engaged in. So just tell us a little bit about um, websites and how people can connect with you and also get the book, The Mix-Up. Thank you. My website is radiantkids.com. I also have a couple of others, but they all go to the same website. So if you just type in radiantkids.com, Dot com. It will take you to my information. Also, the mix-up is available through Amazon and through Kindle. A few bookstores are carrying it. It's very new. So if you're in the Bellingham, Washington area, uh, Wise Awakening has it, and uh, Village Books has it over there in Bellingham. Uh, also, I will be presenting at REI stores in Chicago in May, there are four presentations coming up, and they are on self-care for hiking and wilderness travel. It's a great forum for some really grounded self-care tips and also that our heart and our mind are our most valuable tools. And, uh, yeah, so that's it. Thank you. And you've also got a Course in Miracles. That's right. On Thursday mornings, I am teaching on a forum called ACIM Gather, and I can send information on that. I, I should actually post that on my website. It's not there yet. But at 8.30 Eastern Time, 5.30 Pacific Time, for a half an hour on Thursday mornings, I do share an ACIM Gather. And I, and I know this is your topic, and I'm going I'm to ask you to talk about this right now. Uh, your topic for this week is uh, vibrational awareness around shame and betrayal and using humor uh, to work with that. Just tell us briefly about that. Okay, absolutely. Last Sunday, I uh, 
went to an improv theater club. It was a, an adventure I wanted to take my sister-in-law to, and the whole thing ended up being completely different <laughs> than I imagined it. So it was uh, it was a total improvisation, and then uh, some some shame that came up for me, and this sort of um, lack of full disclosure, I would say, that we have in our world about, uh, in this case, it was um, costs associated and that sort of thing. So it'll be kind of a funny look, but it's at some very intense uh, energy that's in our field. And where did the betrayal come in? That came in because I thought the tickets were $10 a piece, and it turns out, and I was going to treat, you know, have the two of us and, and pay, and it turned out the tickets were $14 a piece, and I had checked their website first, and it was also a four-item minimum, you know, either food or drinks, and so it ended up being about a $60 night, and uh, ah, it's going to be a simple okay. little <laughs> So that <laughs> triggers other things for you from the past, right? Uh, say again? I'm sorry. That triggers other betrayal things that have happened to you in the past through your life that brings all that up to the surface. Um, you know, I have to sit with that. I, I just, <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, it's always been a confusion for me in the world when something is said one way and something different happens, and we all do that. Like, we're all doing our best, and it's all perception. So I wouldn't say anything specific came up. It just was a confusion, and I was, I'm going to talk a little bit. We'll see how the flow works tomorrow morning with the topic, but you know how, how children especially are seeing their world very literally, what they are told, and then they take it in and will respond. And when something changes, it can be very disconcerting to the veiled mind. And... Uh, and it can com- can feel like a betrayal. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And and why is uh, humor so important in uh, in resolving dissolving the uh, the separation? It can very much shift the energy, shift the vibration. From my understanding, we're trying to do two things, and one is the vibrational piece to really resonate at these higher levels. The other piece is really understanding it's an undoing, that nothing ever really happened. So the vibrational piece is only a part of it. And as we let go, you know, when I'm really in the still space, I'm not vibrating. I'm not feeling anything. Um, infinite speed is equivalent to stillness. It's Akbentoff, right? It's really fun on that, as I'm sure other people do as well. So it's a, it's a transcendence of all of these sort of energetic and frequency state into these, you know, inconceivable states that we're still getting used to existing. <laughs> now that's really that's a great answer too, because that there's that there is that resonation and there is that understanding that comes, and then everything just becomes so just falls it just falls apart, doesn't it? Once you really understand what's going on, you can have a chuckle and just let it all go. Exactly. <laughs> now I need to go back to something because you know you come across. And you said at the beginning that you were very kind and gentle, and you come across on the on the uh, the radio show as being kind and gentle. However, I also do know that you've been done some pretty uh, out there hiking and wilderness training and travel. You've been to some pretty high peaks, so you've obviously got that very strong uh, core spirit and, and resilience within you. 
So just tell us a little bit about that aspect of you. Oh, well, first of all, I have to qualify it by saying I haven't gone nearly as high as a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) And I've always been with amazingly gifted, talented people, so I I call myself an eternal second and always (laughs) in that learning (laughs) capacity. And and as many may know, climbers tend to be extremely technical and also extremely aware, and uh, that technical piece (laughs) in terms of mechanical and spatial visualizing is... uh, is a transcendent state I haven't achieved yet. (laughs) um, But yes, I do love adventure. I love getting out. I have this relentless endurance that can push through a lot. And as we know, if you spend any time at all in, in these incredible settings in the wilderness and also facing your own ego every day and being with groups in these settings that you can't help but become more aware and more sensitive to uh, goodness knows only what. So, uh, yeah, I love getting after it. <laughs> so that's tempered a little bit, but I still feel it. I'm, I'm, I'm relentless for the light. And you spent some time up in uh, Denali at Mount McKinley, which is just, I mean, I've, I've been up there in a bus. I haven't been, been hiking on the mountain. But it's a it's an absolutely magnificent mountain, isn't it? I mean, I, with with Mount Baker, which we have, which we can see from where we live in uh, near to Bellingham, which is about a ten thousand foot mountain, and Mount McKinley dwarfs that, doesn't it? In its magnificence and size, it's just it's just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. When I was uh, heading up there, I was just leaving North Cascades Institute, where I used to work, and a friend had spent time up there, and she said, you know. <laughs> Alaska's big. Nothing, you know, it's so big. And Denali, there's just, the, the Alaska range was, I would say, the closest I've come to feeling like, oh, this is kind of maybe home. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I just love that. And, and I will say, I did not climb Denali. I spent time in the Cahiltna Glacier. I have this literal thing where I don't want people to think I'm <laughs> saying I've done something that I haven't. I, uh, but I did spend uh, several days on the glacier and climbing a lesser peak and that sort of thing. So phenomenal. Now, one of the things that you you were also engaged in is working with uh, boys in in nature. Why, why is that so important? Mm. Well, I feel like uh, you know the. I love working with boys because I feel like I have a strong resonance I, just because I'm kind of a tomboy at heart, and they seem to me to be a little more straightforward. I love the way you said that when we were having a conversation earlier uh, to me, and you know, getting them outside in nature and realizing how amazing their, uh, their gifts are in that sort of a setting and letting them play uh, is really, really fun. <laughs> I can say. And, how, and how does that help them with the mix-up? How, do, how does the, having boys out in nature playing and being the, their authentic selves, how does that help them with resolving these upsets and mix-ups? You know... It's different what I share, depending on who I'm with, because I may or may not, you know, kids will look at me cross-eyed sometimes <laughs> with the things that I, I say. And then so I, uh, 
I would say, at the very least, my job is to make them feel safe and have a good time and, and challenge themselves a little bit. And if they're are opportunities then where I see fear like a, a little one was trying to cross a, a stream on a log and I'll go through like when it's safe to do that, things they want to be looking out for and some of them don't want to cross. They're afraid of that. And so that's a great opportunity for me to encourage them to look within themselves and to know that I believe in them. And a little one, oh my gosh, he just teaches me every day. He just got it, and he went in quickly, and then he walked right across, and he came out, and he said, I was Buzz Lightyear. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, so it's always, that wisdom is always there. I find that, you know, the less, less is more in terms of what I'm sharing, so the mix-up is a very subtle shift. Um, Yeah, it's a subtle shift that I may or may not be uh, overtly communicating with, especially with kids. Sure, you're just being alongside them and allowing them to experience their own journey, which we'll talk about on our return. We are coming up to our final break. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I want to let you know of a wonderful opportunity that has become available again with Finbar Ross. Celtic Mystical Journeys. Um, Finbar and I are going to lead a sacred site tour of southern France, going to all of the Mary Magdalene, Black Madonna sites, and Cathar country to Montségur. Um, and I know there's some really important pieces in the puzzle that are there waiting for us to pick up, one of which is Mount Bougarach, which is where the Essene community established themselves after they left the Holy Land after, after the crucifixion. And also, uh, Rennes-le-Chateau has, as well as everything else there, uh, a landscape zodiac structure. And I'm really looking forward to connecting the landscape zodiac there 
with Glastonbury and with our own in Victoria. So it's going to be a great opportunity, a great trip. It goes from September the 11th to the 23rd over the fall equinox. Uh, if you're interested in going, please uh, go to CelticMysticalJourneys.com and you can either drop me an email <coughs> at DescendingDove uh, at gmail.com or you can go directly to Finbar Ross as indicated on that website. So I hope you'll have a look at that and it be great to have some of you along on this uh, phenomenal journey that we're going to enjoy. Have with me today Laura Bedford and Laura's just put out a really interesting book called The Mix-Up which is uh, well worth the read in helping us understand why we're on this very interesting journey here on planet Earth. And one of the things you talk about in the, in the book, uh, Laura, is the way in which the, the Zen masters trained their uh, adepts that were coming along on the path. Just tell us a bit about that. Well, an, an important piece in it, uh, when a master has really achieved that knowing that they are all of it, you know, that we are our God and, and aspects of God, having experienced that an adept, a student who has come to them, some of the tasks and sort of the classic one we see represented in films and stories is this idea of, you know, scrubbing the floors and, and the toilet bowls. And, and this is really very basic training to introduce, if they're not already aware of it, the ego and this, this inner drama. And these sorts of tasks can help us feel that resistance. Why should I have to do something like this? And it really empties our cup, uh, our vessel, our, yeah, our exquisite, exquisite vessel of light, you know, so that we can fill it with the light, with the awareness, with the understanding of flow, unity, vibrational awareness, and these the martial artists who really work with the flow of energy are amazing to study. Uh, I think of Tai Chi and uh, the what came even before Ninja, which was, to my understanding, imported from, from China, that, yeah, that we really sort of embrace these things that are pushing us, pushing us into our own resistance as a wonderful adventure and a surrendering. And that when we get there, we're almost home. So let's talk about home because that's a great segue for me to ask you in this last segment. When you do come home, when you do get to that place of peace and calm and serenity and joy and bliss, explain to our listeners a little bit about what it's like to live that way. Thank you. I love that. I, I feel like I was born with this huge smile on my face <laughs> and that the frown was learned. Hello? Oh. Yeah, yeah, we're okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. That the, yeah, that the, that the inner, inner confusion sort of came later. Um, ultimately, it's this veiled state. And when we when we feel our joy, when we feel this heart song inside of us, that is us, that is our light, that is a, a God that we can experience here. Once we awaken, there's so much more. And so to embrace that, and especially working with kids and ourselves, is to trust what we love. You know, there's this huge push in the world right now of everyone encouraging, follow your heart song, what gives you bliss? 
and joy and to feel the fear and do it anyway. That's actually the name of a book as well. This came out a long time ago. And as we do that, that's part of this undoing, and we realize that we're on this beautiful ride. And it doesn't mean that you don't still have those feelings of separation and anxiety. They still come in, but we deal with them in a different way. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, that we become more aware, and a document like A Course in Miracles is specifically designed for that, that we become more aware of the veiled state, the split mind is what, how Jesus calls it, that, you know, we, the true mind is the only, there's only true mind, but we are having this sense of individuality, so that's the false state. But to enjoy it and to embrace our depression, embrace our grief, and embrace the horror, make the choices from a place of love, and instead of seeing the victim and, and vibrating on the victim vibration and these denser vibrations, to reach out through our light to assist and to know that giving and receiving is identical and it's actually occurring at once. We see what looks like cause and effect in the world, but as we're, we're learning, and Greg Braden does beautiful work on this as well and so many but that it's all instantaneous. The moment, you know, we have no neutral thoughts and the energy within the thought is what's drawing to us. That's the real attraction. It's always operating. It's, it's nothing we need to, to harness. It's, it's always there. When you talk about the, the veil of illusion that separates us, uh, Laura, are you aware of a particular specific location in the body where that veil is located? Mm. That's a great question. My, my response to that would be yes and no, <laughs> that the body is derivative. The light, the, the truth, the allness is original. And this body is very slow-moving frequency, so it's a, one of the reflections of our light or our focus. And so for, for me, for example, I'll often feel sensation within my fifth chakra, within my voice around safety, feeling uh, comfortable communicating. In fact, during our breaks, I've really felt an intensity there and, and had to mute myself and <laughs> drink water and, and remind myself that I'm safe. Uh, so wherever an individual is feeling that in, in our field, to just to simply honor that and know that you can receive insight and it may be conscious or just move on through. That's a lovely answer. I love that because the veil, as you say, is, it depends where we are, where, where we are stuck, where we've had our issues, and so it's not in a specific spot. It is dependent upon who we are and the states of our chakras and all those sorts of pieces. Laura, amazingly, we've come to the end of the show, and I just want to give you the opportunity to say a final word. Thank you. Yeah, it went by so fast. And the work you're involved with sounds amazing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good um, time, too. Yeah. So I would say continue to trust your light and your heart song. Know that everything you need is within you. And to give yourself a safe space, take good care of you, and know that by doing so, you give others the space to trust themselves. And that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Laurie. It's been a wonderful show. I've really enjoyed 
working with you through your intuitive self as well as your wonderful physical self. So thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. So Laura's book is The Mix-Up, and you can reach her on www.radiantkids.com. My guest next week in some ways follows up on today's uh, intuitive story with a much more scientific approach to really the same elements. Uh, Joe Dispenza is well known uh, for his work. He was on uh, What the Bleep Down the Rabbit Hole and the author of Evolve Your Brain, and he'll be talking about his new book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, which is absolutely outstanding, how to lose your mind and create a new one. So I hope you'll join us next week. Have a wonderful week. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tung for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.